Good morning, everyone. In our uh, first reading, um, Luke is writing about what we know as kerygma, kerygma, the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. And there uh, he, um, he points out to them, you guys, you guys did this, you guys killed him. So you hear this negative thing, but then he ends it with, but if you repent, and for us to hear repent, it's kind of negative, but for them, it just meant to change, to convert. And if you do this, a gift will be given to you. You see what he, you killed him, but if you change, he'll give you a gift. If you change, if you believe in him and follow him, not only in your mind, but through your hearts and from your hearts your whole life. And my friend, St. Peter, in the second reading, he is particularly addressing slaves. Uh, but uh, his message is for everyone. Uh, but he knows that they were uh, treated uh, inhumanely, and they had done no wrong. And so he's showing the parallels. And uh, my friends, in the gospel, and particularly Jesus, is talking to everyone, but he is particularly speaking to the Pharisees, the religious authorities, who do not understand uh, we hear uh, a method of speaking. Uh, he was using slang or the modern vernacular of his time, and they didn't understand, so it becomes very deliberate. My friends, uh, yesterday I gave a homily, what I've been doing for this weekend, I want to pick certain phrases and speak about those. So last night I spoke about to have life and life more abundantly. And uh, I know people laughed a little bit because I was being humorous about some things, but uh, so this morning... Um, I want to take a look at the image of the Good Shepherd, and then I will speak about uh, the gate, because we need to understand what Jesus is talking about when he refers to himself. My friends, uh, in addition to everything else, today is World Day of Prayer for vocations, uh, vocations to the religious life, priesthood, uh, consecrated life for men and women. It is also known as Good Shepherd Sunday. And uh, one of the things about the Good Shepherd is that the sheep follow the shepherd because they recognize his voice. Uh, what I learned from the sheep uh, farmers in Arcadia, California, is that this is very true. Um, while they have sheepdogs today, and they know how to round them up, uh, the sheep know, and they know, I think they tattoo them, uh, but um, they have a particular way of speaking, and the sheep know it, and they come. So if another shepherd from a neighboring ranch calls, they're not going to go. Uh, so they kind of said, Father, we can back this up for you. Uh, this is true. And uh, in the time of Jesus of Nazareth, when he walked on the earth, shepherds taught their sheep then to recognize their voice and only their voice. And uh, uh, the challenge facing every follower of Jesus today, looking at what he was saying, is to listen for the master's voice in the middle of very competing voices today. And these other voices... Uh, uh, demand many things from our people, and uh, they want you to assent to what they are telling you. And uh, these voices uh, are strong, and they're not relenting. Uh, they assault our senses, our minds, and our hearts, and the message they put forth challenges uh, beliefs and values and demand loyalty. The question is, then, for you, what voices are you accustomed to hearing? Today, one hears the sounds uh, and the voicing of extremism uh, from 
many different places, and that's throughout the world, and the sounds of terrorism that try to justify their atrocities. We simply have to look now uh, to the east and now to the continent of Africa. And uh, there are also the voices and the sounds of uh, amoral things. We hear this and it is pounded into us through commercials and through uh, all the different media, including television. And my friends, also from governments, government leaders with their poisonous progressive verbiage. Now, I have no problem with progressiveness, but it's a particular type that is being put forth to us. The sounds of scandal that come from places even within the Christian churches that we never expected to hear, and the sounds of those who seek to capitalize on all the scandals. These voices are very powerful. One can hear them on all the different platforms in media. So we hear it in uh, songs, we hear it uh, in uh, media feeds, and um, one hears them again through all these different social medias of our time. They're particularly strong, but and my friends, uh, these voices, have they been around always? They have. And this is why Jesus is talking the way he is. Uh, of course, today, however, they are especially loud and pervasive because they are amplified through all these different medias. And my friends, this morning I got up, and I know I shouldn't, but I put on the news <laughs> to listen. But uh, knowing that I had this particular homily for 8.30, I was listening to psychologists and to government officials who are going to go after all those uh, platforms and social media because they are influencing your children and causing them to have depression. They went on to say, these platforms, these social media platforms have developed AI and algorithms that put out certain things and become friendly to the ear of the youth. And they begin to see it as that and to follow it. And so now our government, because this was a government official, now we're going to make legislation to make them stop. So if you think that I'm just talking about conspiracy, well, then our own government comes to think that, no, it's not a conspiracy. It's actually happening. Huh? And so, um, my friends, all this can be destructive in little ways, uh, just gradually eroding uh, values, or it could become very challenging uh, in that uh, they actually go against Christ and his teachings. And... Um, but my friends, in the middle of all this chatter and noise uh, is also the voice of the Good Shepherd. It's there, and it speaks to all of us who are willing to open their hearts and minds to hear him. Our Lord speaks through our scriptures. He speaks through his churches. Uh, he speaks through the ministers uh, who deliver uh, messages. Homilies is what I'm getting at. And the voice calls us to a deeper and more spiritual and more abundant life. Now, not only in the future, meaning eternal life. The Lord calls us to live with the dignity that we are as children, sons and daughters of him, in the image of God in which we were created. The question is not what voices are speaking or whether they should be there. And that's a losing argument. But rather, what voices are you listening to? Which ones have your attention now? 
what is filling your minds and your hearts because it has become so familiar and it presents itself as your friend. Which voices are guiding your life? We may see in the events of the recent past a call to renew um, everything uh, in society, in our churches, out of the tragic events of the scandals of the recent past, of the disunity uh, within the Christian churches, of the pandemics of many, not just a COVID thing, but there have been many pandemics now in the past 10 years of all sorts. And uh, these pandemics have always come um, more than just recriminations and such, but instead, uh, I think, can call us to recommitment to solid values, and if you will, for us as Christians, to Jesus Christ. The most visible sign is when we live the gospel and take its truth to every place we go. All disciples, not just the ministerial priesthood, meaning priest, must do what they can to amplify the voice of the Good Shepherd. And uh, I believe our society wants to hear this. In the middle of all the crises we face today, we can, first of all, follow the voice of Jesus Christ, who is our shepherd. And finally, we can pray for each other, absolutely, that we will be fortified and grow strong in our Christian identities and remain faithful to Christ in all things. In the middle of so many voices today, we need to do what we can to also make his voice known. Each of us in our society and our world needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. This is of great importance for Jesus um, because he said, I am the gate, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And if you follow in my example, you will have life more abundantly now and you'll have eternal life. And uh, it is not only in believing in Jesus as the one whom God has sent, but recognizing this and uh, living our lives according to this. So you have to listen to his voice. And then, as the uh, other readings told us, walk by his example, in particular the second reading, walk by his example. And, uh, but in order to do this, you have to trust. You won't listen to someone you don't trust. So. Uh, we have to instill that trust in people about Jesus Christ and be those examples for everyone. And uh, my friends, the, um, Jesus in the gospel also, he refers to himself as gate. And um, uh, I know sometimes people are, well, I don't want to hear a Bible study. But this isn't Bible study. Uh, you have to understand what did gate mean to Jesus in his time when he used it. And uh, it's important because words matter. Uh, it's like uh, uh, today. Um, a good example is what some of the youth, uh, when they say, wow, that is sick. You know, when I say, that's sick, it's something icky. It's something awful, but that's not what they mean. Um, they mean it's something cool, it's something good. You see that word? So, when I talk about gate, I want to explain to you how Jesus understood gate and why it's important. And my friends, uh, when I was away on vacation, I ran into a group of Christian young people. Um, and uh, they weren't Catholic, uh, they were Protestant. And um, I saw on their shirts, uh, uh, 
I, I don't want to talk about what it, it but it identified them. And uh, I went over and I said, thank you for being good role models, good examples. Uh, because today, uh, and role models have been around. Uh, back in the, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the time periods mixed up, but do you remember when a long time ago we would say keeping up with the Joneses? We wanted to be what they were. And um, there's role models and there's icons and there's heroes. And now today in this epoch, it is the influencer. And those influencers make a lot of money apparently. <laughs> but they influence, they want you to see what that abundant life is. If you have what I have, you'll have the abundant life. This is important and crucial. It's always been there, and they, throughout all the different time frames, for us when we were little and for our youth today. Jesus, for me, has been the greatest influencer of all time. He was the first one. And his role model and what he says, and so we have to be careful as Christians about what we are saying about what Jesus said and did. And my friends, um, so in Jesus' time, um, gate. Certainly gate means a way in. Uh, that is like that's, uh, it provides passage, and we understood this. But in Jesus' time, in particular, gate, that word, meant passage into the city. You went through the gate into the city, and inside the city you found security, and you found food, and you found friends. Are you getting it? He's, you see what Jesus is? I am the gate, he says. So, um, you find all these things, but also in Jesus' time, the gate was a place where people met, uh, the water cooler, <laughs> where people hang out and gossip and talk, if you will. Uh, so a gate was this. This is how they understood it. People also um, conducted business there, uh, markets and stuff, by the gate, right in front of it. But also what I found in the Old Testament uh, was that courts held legal proceedings at the gate, which is shocking to me. I was like, I would never thought about that, but okay, and there it was. And there was also religious celebrations that began at the gate, and we still hold to that today. If you come to a funeral mass and the body is present, meaning the casket, we begin at the door or the gate of the church, and that's where the ceremony begins. In Jesus' time, it did the same thing. So when he says, I am the gate... Now we can understand more what he is talking about. And uh, what he is talking about, and he has to really point it out because he told the Pharisees, you guys have been not telling the truth, and because of that, you are a bunch of thieves and robbers. Now, my friends, I always picture myself in the Scripture. Now, if I was there that day when Jesus said that, you're, everyone who came before me is a thief and a robber, I would have been like, ha, ha, tell them, Jesus, you tell them. Until Jesus looks at me, I'm including you in that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I got some things to work on, Jesus. I can see it in my head. Now, I used to think of movies, but I know now it's imagination, a gift from God. Um, so when Jesus says, I am the gate, now we understand what the word meant in his time. That means he is the answer to everything. Everything that the human heart and body needs, he becomes that security. He becomes the spiritualness for it. He becomes um, everything that we will need. And he said, you will enter now the gate, which is me, and I will give you what you need. And ultimately, he would lay down his life for us. 
And um, then he becomes the gate, the passage, the entry into life, eternal life. So my friends, here's the question. What gate are you looking at? What gate are you looking to walk through? Because just as I put in my, the part of my homily, there are many voices speaking to you, there are also many gates being presented. Which one do you want to walk through? Which one has your attention? And it matters because Jesus says, I am the one and the only gate. And then he goes on to say, don't even attempt to crawl over at the other end. <laughs> A shortcut. <laughs> Which that would have been me. That's why I'm like, I was thinking, you know, Jesus would have been looking at me like, I'm talking to you, Father Mark. Don't be looking for those shortcuts. Come right through. Amen? So my friends, what gate are you looking at? What gate do you want to walk through? And who influences you? What voice do you listen to? And how do you influence others? What Christians need to stop doing is being afraid, but they also need to stop being hypocrites and being hate-filled people. And those were not values of Jesus Christ. He taught us how to walk in his ways and how to address uh, challenges of his time and as well as ours, how to respond to wickedness. We don't need to scream. We just need to do. And he walked in peace and love and truth. If we do this, you will influence the others. And Christ's voice will be heard by them. And they will begin to follow. Amen?